When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Cheerson Susell here with Johnny Venerable. And Johnny, how are you doing today on this Wednesday? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about actual Cardinal football that we're only several days away from and the potential couple of significant returns. It feels like it's been a while since we've had an actual game of note to preview. Yeah, I just have to get something off my chest off the top of the show. It has nothing to do okay. with Cardinals, but I was getting set up. And I realized, so we only do a live show remote just a couple of times a week. And my desk and everything is in my room, which I'm not going to go live in my room. So I have to kind of set up a little thing every time we go live, which includes me having to put like (laughs) these big cushions on my chairs, these like lumbar support cushions, because my back hurts so bad. And like an 80 year old person. Sure. Right now. Yes. I'm like. I feel like I'm 90 years old. I feel like one person told me one time, I'll never forget it because it actually like came to fruition. But I was like in my earlier mid twenties and somebody said, Oh, just wait to once you hit 30, everything starts to ache. And I, I am officially 30 and my back is falling apart. I'm afraid to turn 31 because I don't know what else is going to happen to me. But yeah, just to do the show, I've got to have like all this stuff. My back hurts right now. Dang it. (laughs) You're also in a stocking cap for those who are listening audio (laughs) format and a long sleeve shirt. It's 82 degrees right now in sunny Maricopa. Are you doing your best Kyler homage, Kyler Murray homage, who's been rocking the beanie at his press conferences? Is that what's happening? All the guys today were wearing beanies at their press. It's a thing. (laughs) It's a trend. What'd you call it? My favorite. Um, homage. No, homage. Uh, you didn't call it a beanie. You called it like a, what'd you call it? Stocking cap? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell what you, everybody. The heck is a stocking that I... cap? <laughs> That's a stocking cap. That's a stocking cap. What? What you have on is a stocking cap. A beanie as, and a stocking cap are the same thing. Are you Googling it now? I'm, I'm yeah, ju- I'll do and some play I, by play I, I for see that audience. you're technically correct, but nobody calls it a stocking cap. Literally everyone. <laughs> Everybody in the Midwest would love to not be wearing a beanie or a stocking cap right now. <laughs> and and it's 82 degrees here and you have long sleeve and a and a stocking cap on, which is hilarious. So oh, DNVR is listening in right now. Maybe they can enlighten us. Does anybody anywhere, even in Colorado, call it a stocking cap? Please chime in. 
They're Literally, dying in our conversation. <laughs> I guess. Let's talk some football. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about football and basketball because right now, Arizona might be the hottest sports town that exists. Uh, Valley sports fans are spoiled right now. The Cardinals have the best record in the NFL, and after beating the Golden State Warriors last night in phenomenal fashion. That was an awesome game. The yeah. Suns now share the best record in the NBA and all off season log, the Cardinals were talking about how much they were feeding off of the Suns' success last season, how much they want to uh, ignite the fan base like the Suns did with theirs and ignite the Valley really. And so the Suns picking up right where they left off this season, continuing their success uh, and the Cardinals are having uh, nearly unprecedented success as well. So that begs yeah. the question: Is this a is this a good thing? Is there a ton of expectations now that maybe it's unfortunate if one doesn't continue the streak here and starts to fall off? I mean, is this good, bad, and different? Well, it's always good to have success and to expect success. I think. Clearly, the Phoenix Suns have answered many more questions. And I'm getting a lot of hate right now in the in the comments, doubling down on the fact that it is, in fact, not a stocking cap. I didn't just make up that term. <laughs> That's a real term that people, people actually use. But in all seriousness, like the Suns have shown you in this, you know, two-month stretch of basketball to begin the season that they're legitimate nationally. Now, a lot of people here locally thought, based off the success they had last year, clearly they, they should have earned that respect. There are folks coming into the season that, that second-guessed this Phoenix Suns team as a fluke, no fans last year, pandemic en route, this, that, and the other. The, the bubble success of the year prior was that legitimate, and now you're seeing, yeah, they can actually compete with the likes of the Warriors and have championship aspirations once again. The difference with the Cardinals, in my opinion, is we've got 11-game sample size this year, and historically with Cliff and company, they have not finished well. So we still need to see that. Now, I think they've set themselves up for clearly to be a factor come the postseason and what January football is going to look like here in the desert. It's going to be fantastic. But I, I just think that the, the Suns have had more success over really the last three seasons, especially if you, you think about how they finished that year with the bubble in June of, I believe, 2019 uh, or 2020. It just it feels different, whereas the Cardinals – a lot of questions still remain. I mean, we're, we're waiting on the return of Kyler Murray for the first time in three weeks. What's he going to look like? Cliff Kingsbury's never coached in the postseason. He's never had a winning record in the pros. I feel like the Suns are in a very advantageous position because even though they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, they got all that experience. All their young players got to experience that postseason run for the first time, and they know now what it takes to get back there and ultimately bring home you know, hardware, bring home the NBA championship. The, the difficult for the, for me, and I have confidence in the Cardinals, and it's not to say it can't be done, but you would have just loved to have seen them get into the postseason, albeit by the skin of their teeth last year. So they could have said, okay, 9-7 and seven last year, we went to the playoffs, now we're going to take that next step. We don't really know what to expect from this team uh, come January. I agree. I still feel like a, a bar and a standard has been set here in the Valley for sure mm -hmm. with the Suns, and they're sort of in 
a league of their own when you talk about postseason expectations just because of, you know, they made a finals run last year. But I just, you saw it in their eyes. You could hear it in their voices how bad the Cardinals uh, and Kyler, I, I believe Kyler was even at the game uh, yesterday. So, uh, yeah. but, but you could you could feel how bad they wanted to experience what the Suns were feeling. I think um, this the town hadn't been as you know on fire for a sports team here in a really long time. Yeah. And I mean, the Cardinals definitely want some of that, and so I kind of feel for them. I. I, I hope that they're able to kind of keep up with the with the Suns and what they're doing. Not that they're paying yeah. attention in that regard, like, oh, the Suns are winning, we have to as well. But I think they went into the season with a little bit of that, uh, with that taste of what this city can be and wanting to, to bring that, especially coming off of a season like 2020 where you didn't really have many fans anyway. Um, but there's definitely a standard here and expectations have been set uh, for for both teams, and I think the Cardinals have done enough to where their expectations. I think I saw somewhere, um, I don't remember who had it, but uh, some sites have the Cardinals picked uh, to have the best odds to make the Super Bowl. So there's yeah. outside expectations, there's internal expectations, there's expectations here in the city uh, that the Cardinals are going to be challenged, you know, to 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 not repeat what happened last year and to continue on and not only make the playoffs, but make a deep run here. Yeah. And when you're looking at just like being viable for the foreseeable future, I think one of the most encouraging things that we can say about both these franchises, these organizations right now is by and large, they're built off of young talent. Of course, the Suns with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, assuming he's here next year, Mikhail Bridges, their coaching staff is in place, even with Chris Paul getting up there in age. It's a relatively young team, right? And then you look at the Cardinals, you know, put put his stuff with the, the situation with Cliff, assuming he's going to stick around. You've got Kyler Murray in his mid-20s. You've got players like DeAndre Hopkins still in their pl- prime, Isaiah Simmons, some of the younger building blocks like Rondell Moore. Uh, they are a viable option not only to compete for championships, but just to be put on national TV. That's something I know a lot of Cardinal fans are, are clamoring about week in and week out is, man, the number one record in the NFL, and we're barely on national TV. Well, that was the Suns a year ago. And now you look at the Suns are on national TV damn near every night, and it's a reward for their viable. They still feel like they're getting disrespected, though. I I don't know. I agree with that. There's something about this city, I feel like, where we're just a market. I mean, we all know. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, we know that it's a transplant city and we've got people from all over the place that are fans of all for now that could change. It could change, but I think that plays into, and that for some reason, I think we're considered like a smaller sports market, which I don't really understand, but uh, those two reasons, I feel like it's makes it that much harder to get national respect here in Arizona, but it just seems like that's the way that it is for all of our sports teams. People just want to be around and surround themselves with things that are like viable and young and hip and cool. And the and the Cardinals and the Suns are the Suns are certainly that, right? They they have a cool factor to them that I think the Cardinals are on the cusp of having. And we talked about the other day, so maybe some new uniforms, a postseason run. 
they're going to get a bevy of, of national TV games next year, given the fact that they're going to return a bunch of talent, mainly being Kyler Murray. So I think that the tie is slowly turning because I just feel like Arizona is a destination place for young people and their sports teams are kind of embodying that. They're, they're exciting, right? They play an exciting brand of basketball and football that people want to tune in and check out. They're not mundane. They're not slow, right? It's not, you know, what's going on in Pittsburgh with the Steelers are old and Ben Roethlisberger's about done and the Cleveland Browns, your Cleveland Browns that are a bad watch, right? That you, it's difficult, right? You watch the Cardinals and you think explosive plays and high point totals. You watch the Suns and you think offense and now their defense is borderline elite. So, I mean, it just, there's, there's so many positives with both of these teams that go well beyond just their wins and their losses. There is something to, I just don't know like when it's going to fully kick in, but you know, you, so you mentioned the Browns, right? I mean, yeah. they've, they've stunk my entire life. So full transparency, I grew up in the Cleveland area. And so, and, and in my childhood, the Browns left the damn city, mm-hmm. but it was, it's a generational thing. Like I have pictures of me as, you know, as a baby in a Browns onesie and things like that. Uh, yeah. At some point, it'll have to be a generational thing where kids are raised up to be Arizona Cardinal fans and mm-hmm. not, hey, I moved here from, you know, Ohio or whatever. And I'm, I'm not I'm more invested in where I came from rather than finding a new team. And I don't know how that all works out, but Arizona is just a very unique uh, city when it comes mm-hmm. to that. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a great, they've got a great fan base, no doubt. I mean, Arizona sports fans are incredible, but Arizona, the state as a whole just has so many people that are not originally from here that it just makes it difficult to continue, um, you know, to, to, to grow it and to get respect, I guess. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I, but I mean, sustained success breeds a culture. And I mean, look at what's happened with golden state I would even look at like the Seattle Seahawks during Russell Wilson's tenure and how many new fans that created in that market. And then like, even, even in the short term, the LA Rams with Sean McVay, Uh, you're telling me there's, there are a bunch of remaining LA Rams fans from like the seventies there that want to come and watch good football, exciting. And people like LA and Arizona have options, right? We've got beautiful weather, you know, 12 months out of the year, you can go and do a bunch of different stuff outside of just attending sporting events. So you, if you're Michael Bidwell, have to remain relevant and viable. And when you see the Suns having championship aspirations, and, you know, I'm sure they were happy, the Cardinal organization for the Suns, but there's a a factor of jealousy. And it's like, hey, we need to match their level of execution and excellence. And listen, they're off to a phenomenal start this year. Jacob says, Cliff owes this city a championship. Don't care if he goes to Norman, Oklahoma next year, unless he brings the championship. I'm cool with it. I think a lot of people would be cool with that, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> I myself would, would say bon voyage, Cliff, if he got us our first Lombardi <laughs> trophy. I'm not sure he owes the Cardinals a championship. I would yeah. say I'd maybe be a little bit more upset with like a Bruce Arians who retired and then unretired and then won a title somewhere else. Cliff, only in year three, I... First of all, I don't think he's leaving, but O's might be a little strong. We'll get to that a little bit more. We've talked about it at length this week, but we finally got to talk to some players today and get their perspective on the whole Cliff Oklahoma situation. So we will get to that uh, in a moment. Uh, NFL AZ Cards saying 
two small market teams, Chargers and Arizona. Why is it that Charger fans seem to be more loyal? I don't know a single Chargers fan, so I don't even know if that's accurate. Is it? I would say if it is, it's only because the Chargers have had more success. Um, they, I know they've never been to a Super Bowl, but they've had many more winning seasons that have bred a strong fan base. And when you think about Qualcomm, State, Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego before they moved to L.A., that place used to sell out. Now, right now, that was a, a difficult decision now to go to L.A. where you probably have minimal fans. But um, the, the Cardinals, in retrospect, they haven't been in Arizona that long in the grand scheme of things. So, I mean, give it some time. They've, I really only base it off how long have they had the new stadium and how long has Michael Bidwell been in charge? 2005, 2006. They've had a lot of success since then. And, and I really believe they're only going to build off of that. So that to me, that's the litmus test. I agree. All right. Before we move on to the next segment, let's take a minute to talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the uh, official sports betting partner of the NFL and the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Uh, New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score, and they do, you get $100 in free bets. It is that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same game parlays. If you can buy multiple bets from the same game, you're going to get a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, especially for folks like me who are just kind of starting to get into sports betting and the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can withdraw and deposit your cash whenever you like, which trust me, I definitely feel a lot better about that aspect of it. But as always, it is 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem called 1-800 next step. New customers only eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, the big question mark. We made it past the bye week. We were all sort of just expecting Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins both to be back on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, but there's some good, some bad, some indifferent news, I suppose, depending on how you want to look at it. So DeAndre Hopkins was out of practice for the first time since before the Texans game on October 24th. So that's fantastic. But both Kyler Murray and Hop we're limited in practice. Now, I I guess I just kind of assumed, like, Kyler had already missed, I mean, Kyler's last game was October 31st. We are now, it is now December 1st, okay? Talking a long time for him to be out, and we thought, okay, he's going to get uh, the bye for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, he's going to be back in time for Chicago. And yeah. that's sort of all signs were pointing to it, but he was limited again in practice today, which I didn't like. I definitely did not want to hear that. And then when he was asked if he was confident that he's going to be good to go on Sunday, he said that he's hopeful. So I feel like he's been saying that he, I, I feel good. I feel hopeful that I'm going to be able to play for several weeks now. And we're back to where we were before the buy. And I was hoping that it was going to be a complete, I feel great all the time off, including the buy did wonders for my body. I'm for sure going to go. I was a full participant in practice and that's not what we got. No, it's disappointing. I think until we see that he is not inactive for a game, until we get an Adam Schefter tweet or tweet from the team that he is good to go, uh, we can second guess up until that point. Uh, I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are thinking he's going to play and then having it not take place. But goodness, I mean, you just gave a, an outline. It, it'll be, a, I believe, 38 days 
to the Sunday when he is going to potentially play versus to the Thursday he played against the Packers. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing. I expect him to play. What does that mean? I have no idea. Could they win this game with Colt McCoy? Of course they could. Chicago's not a good team. They're led by Andy Dalton. They're 3-7 and seven for a reason, 4-7 and seven for a reason. Uh, they're missing Khalil Mack. But I think at some point, and I think this needs to be taken into consideration now, we've exited the month of November. Kyler Murray has to get back and knock some rust off so that he can seamlessly transition to postseason football. If they continue to do this leading into the winter months and the winter weeks here around the holiday season, you can't just expect expect him, at least I couldn't, to flip a switch and say, okay, now go beat Dallas on the road in week 17, right? Go and play the Green Bay Packers again, only having a couple weeks under your belt. They're already, and we're going to talk about this, going to ask that to J.J. Watt, but that's a different position in and of itself. You can be a rotational defensive lineman. You cannot be the, the franchise quarterback taking X amount of snaps every game and thinking you're just, you're good to go. At least I don't think that that can happen. So it's disappointing. I I would be shocked if he doesn't play um, because I think that they felt like he was close enough uh, two weeks ago that if they needed him to play, he could have, but they clearly felt they could win that game otherwise. But I think it becomes like less about, can they win the game at least this week and more about Kyler Murray needs to get back to live reps because we need Kyler Murray completely in sync and in focus with his offensive teammates to have sustained success in the postseason. The Hopkins thing, if he missed another, the Cardinals are equipped at receiver. He could miss another couple of games. I think they would be okay. And again, they like they have such an embarrassment of riches at pass catcher between Green and Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk and, and Zach Ertz now in the fold. Uh, Hopkins to me is like the ultimate chess piece for the playoffs, right? When you're competing against the Tampas and the Green Bays, and potentially the Rams again, you need DeAndre Hopkins, no question. Kyler Murray needs to needs to come back and get, get some live reps and be able to have a good rapport going. Yeah, you know, they talk so much about, like, there's a difference between, like, being in shape and being in football shape, that type mm-hmm. of, like, mentality of it, love looking at it, and, like there's such a difference between, you know, rehabbing an ankle and watching practice and sort of being limited in practice, but not a full participant and then not playing games. I mean, week after week, after week, after week, I mean, that really starts to add up. So definitely in terms of just knocking off that rust, but you know, it was brought up today, you know, Kyler's got to knock off the rust and make sure that he's in sync with everybody. But then the guys around him also, you know, his offensive line, for instance, I mean, everybody, it's going to be an adjustment when Kyler comes back to some degree at first and the, the sooner, the better, uh, because at the end of the day, it's, it's all about what's happening at the end of the season uh, and, and the postseason truth, truthfully, that's all, that's all that really matters. But it it went from something that it was like, Oh, you know, an ankle sprain and, It just, I didn't think we were going to get to this point after the bye and still be talking about, like, I think Kyler's going to be good to go, but I don't know. I mean, never did I think it would get to this point. Like, what does limited mean in the grand scope of things? Was he taking first-team snaps with the offense while they're implementing the game plan? Was he just working off to the side in a limited fashion? Like, that's the important factors that we don't have, aren't privy to. When you were at practice today, Cherson, like, the media only gets so much insight until they are kind of shifted away. And then the real work begins behind the scenes and incognito. So like is Colt McCoy taking the reps with 
Rodney Hudson or is that Kyler Murray, right? Because if it's Colt McCoy here on a Wednesday, right, with only so much practice time left before they have to travel out east, like that doesn't bode well. So I think, it, again, if he doesn't play this weekend, I still like them to win with Colt McCoy. But it's like, yeah, number one, you're not beating the LA Rams at home on Monday Night Football without Kyler Murray. I just, with all due respect to Colt, the LA Rams are not the Seattle Seahawks right now. They're not what happened with San Francisco. I just, they're, they're going to be out for I would blood still like and, to see Kyler back and have a game under his belt before that. 100%. 100%. And I, I again, like Kyler can have an, a mediocre performance Sunday and come out of it healthy and the Cardinals can win and they'll be better for it. We Colt McCoy should not have to start yet another game. If Ky, This is Kyler. It's going to be Kyler's second consecutive week not counting the bye week, but if you go back, he practiced the entire week leading up to Seattle. He was limited all week, but he practiced, right? And so we're going to have all this time for him to be limited, but practicing. I I, I think it's going to be much to do about nothing, just like the Kingsbury discussion with Oklahoma. But it, you're right, Cherson, it, it is wearisome. I don't know if it's them trying to play one more week of will they or won't they at quarterback to throw Chicago off. But I mean, just we're I know, but that's what we were thinking that they were doing the last like two weeks. Like we did. We, no, I turned thought, out he was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought Panthers week, uh, you know, beginning with Panthers week that they were like potentially just playing that game. And and then I thought, but at, at, at the same token, he, you know, that God, he walked into that press conference against the Packers game and had no limp afterwards. And he said, I'm fine. I'm good. And like legitimately hasn't played since then. So who, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, NFL, AZ Cardinals, and Jacob Franklin, one of our producers at PHNX, are having an interesting ki- ki- side conversation about uniforms. Um, originally, uh, NFL AZ Cardinals said, do you guys think we finally get new uniforms, bring back the old school design? And then that transformed into a conversation about uh, Jacob saying, the way the Valley is shaping up sports-wise, it's perfect for them to rebrand. Both the Suns and the Cardinals are on the verge of sustained success. Why not create a new look to go with it? And so they're kind of coming up with some different ideas, but that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I got some insight uh, this past spring that um, so a lot of people thought coming into the season that they would have new uniforms um, because uh, two springs ago, Kyler Murray and company basically said, like, I, we don't like our uniforms. We don't think they're g- great. And, and they get ridiculed on like national lists about having the worst uniforms in the NFL. And they've had them for some time. Right. And so I was pretty adamant. I'm like, oh, I think they'll implement something. And then I got kind of word via some DMs that Michael Bidwell was kind of taken back by all the negativity, not only publicly, but from his players that they did not care for their uniforms. And Michael's staunchly committed to the, to the bird on the white helmet. So I don't know if that's ever going to change, but I do think that they will have, I'm not breaking news here. I do think they'll have new uniforms coming into the 2022 season. Um, And yes, you're both right. AZ Cardinals rebranding and Jacob is, is definitely what they need from an aesthetic purpose. Uh, I would have thought this season would have been the perfect time to do it. It'll be a year late. I, I believe it will be next year. I have no idea what they're going to look like, but God, any change is going to be a welcome one at this point. I don't know if it'll have the flat, the state flag on it. They've done that once upon a time before. I would like them to just kind of go the Seahawk route, the University of Oregon route, where you can kind of have all these vibrant loud. colors clashing with it. Yeah, loud. Because I mean, like to just that's what young people are into. Again, we go back to that discussion about like 
what's going to sell, right? So I would have sunset these jerseys before the year, but they're getting one more run at them. And I also think, and I, I've said this before, I think Michael has nostalgic reasons to keep them because they're the jerseys that represent the most success the franchise has ever had, dating back to Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer and now Kyler Murray. They've had a lot of success in, in this color scheme, this uniform. So pivoting off of that, I mean, we all love the retro jerseys, at least I do. They never won a damn thing in, in a lot of those uniforms. So it's just something to keep in mind. All the folks who are not yet sitting on cushions for lumbar support like the loud colors. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I like that a lot. Well, you know who has awesome uniforms, if you want to call Who's them that? uniforms? PHNX. Yeah. They do. They do uh, indeed. PHNX Locker is where we get a lot of the awesome t-shirts that we wear on our shows, but anyone can buy them. And uh, if you become a member, you can get a free t-shirt. And we absolutely... Uh, Johnny, are you wearing one today? No, this is just an old Reebok shirt that I exercised <laughs> oh in earlier. I apologize. Typically, I am. <laughs> I thought maybe it was one of your many PHNX shirts. So They're anyway. all in the laundry because I've just worn the hell out of them. And they're just, <laughs> my wife, thank, thank God, does my laundry like she does every few days. God bless your soul. So Spoiled, Johnny. They'll be, they'll be in the rotation for my trip to Chicago this weekend. <laughs> all right. Uh, glad to hear. Uh, also, I did want to make sure that we mention, um, if you are still interested in heading out to Chicago, I believe Bird Gang Travel Club is uh, still doing deals on everything they've got going on for for fans that are making the trip. And you can you can buy things a la carte. So they've got a stadium tour going on. They've got a tailgate party, uh, you know, their hotels booked. So if you, you know, don't want to buy the whole experience, I, I believe they still have a la carte um, experiences uh, that you can still purchase. And then also we have our block party coming up. Baby, all right. Forward, but we certainly can. Monday, we talked about that LA Rams game, December 13th from 3 to 6 p.m. We're having an enormous block party out at Westgate. We're teaming up again with Bird Gang Travel Club and the Lola. Uh, this should blow the socks off of the tailgate party that we had on Thursday Night Football earlier this year. We are so excited to run it back uh, and to be able to, to hang out with all of you guys, do a couple of live shows, all you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, that's also on uh, birdgangtravelclub.com. Get your tickets for that. We'd love to see you out there. Some Some super fun and awesome things coming up for the month of December. Can't wait. Our block party is going to be the event of the season. I truly believe that. And it, and, and frankly, I think it could be the culmination of the first division title in, in the Valley for the, for the Arizona Cardinals since 2015. So what better place to come and celebrate that? Well, I did want to also mention that although uh, he was not out practicing. He was working out on the side today, running sprints. That is Mr. JJ Watt, who I yep. believe is officially plotting his return. Cliff was asked yep. about him and, you know, he had a very strong statement. Don't count the guy out. And then he tweeted today uh, an Albert Einstein quote, only those who attempt the absurd can achieve the impossible. And I think oh, hell yeah. you could say that, Everyone said that it was a season-ending injury and that he wasn't going to be back this season. And J.J. Watt, in my opinion, has other plans. Uh, the date I would circle on everybody's calendar uh, for a potential return is January 9th, a season finale that could be meaningless for a lot of players, 
against the fledgling Seattle Seahawks at State Farm Stadium. I think that will be the J.J. Watt tune-up game to get him back into the defensive line rotation. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say January 9th, the season finale against the Seahawks. I think seeding will be – much of that will be predetermined already. Hopefully the Cardinals will have the NFC West wrapped up, and they're going to say number 99, go out there, play 60%, get some get some snaps, get some reps. We'll see you for the, for the postseason. I will go out on a limb and, and say that will be his return. All right. I was just saying he's going to return at some point. You've got an official timetable. I will put I will put a date because if you think about, okay, so he had surgery in early November, that will have been a full two months to kind of get right. So we'll see. It was a very depressing night in late October. I was at a Halloween festival with my kids and Cheerson said, Hey, do you want to do a quick (laughs) podcast? And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? What do you want to, what do you want to do? Oh, well, JJ Watts out for the year. And I'm like, shit. And then Saul, our GM, our boss, had been texting me, blowing up my phone. Frankie had been watching, um, uh, I think, Muppet Babies on my phone while uh, we were walking around. So hopefully we can put all all that to bed and he can come back. I'll never forget that. And you so nicely stepped aside. You had like a Halloween festival in the background that I I think you were trying to turn away from. But you could still tell that you were out somewhere just to get a video up. People are like, who is this schmuck on his cell phone <laughs> thinking he's somebody talking about the NFL? Get out of here. What do your kids say when, when, when you're like, oh, daddy's got to go record himself? <laughs> They're like, what? Why? They just look at me like it's the, you, they, no one takes me seriously. And then they get mad when I try to eat their candy. So that was, yeah, that, that night went from really relaxing and I'm off the grid for a couple hours uh, God damn it. What is going on with this whole thing? You are never off the grid in this business. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Very true. I've learned that quickly. Um, yeah. So I, I would be shocked at this point if JJ Watt doesn't. So that's another thing. I, w- I was shocked that Kyler hasn't returned yet. And I w- will... Where, what am I trying to say here? And uh, you never know. All I'm saying is you never know with injuries. I was trying to say the, the opposite. Like JJ Watt, I thought for sure was done for the season because of the extent of his injury. But now I'm pretty dang sure that he's coming back. A little injury, although high, high ankle sprains are are tricky, like Kyler had, where I thought, oh, it'll be a week, it'll be two weeks, whatever. Now we're talking about you know him missing his like fourth game now. So anyway, you just never know with injuries. Is all I was trying to say. But can I be a smart ass and say who's returning first, JJ Watt or Kyler Murray? Oh, but I will be a smart ass. I'm not going to say that. I apologize. Kyler, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Elon Musk asking, can Elon go to the party? Yes. Everybody. Can you fund our party, Elon? Can you um, be a sponsor of our party? We would love (laughs) that. Depends which Elon you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. It could be just some random Elon Musk. But yes, your (laughs) tickets are on sale. And I think are going quickly. So if you are seriously considering that, jump on those now. Yeah, the suit, the closer that we get to game day, the the more the, the prices are going to go up as well. So if you're thinking about getting your tickets, get them now, uh, secure your spot. And uh, we cannot wait to meet everybody out at our block party. All right, before yes. we head into our last segment, so let's talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app just one more time. Again, new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score in a football game can win $100 in free bets if they do. It is that simple. Again, DraftKings, it is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All right, we've got a couple of mailbag questions, Johnny, to okay. round out. 
uh, our show here, the Bird Gang Blitz Mailbag segment. Hooray! Starting with, are you worried about D-Hop's hammy? They can linger all year. So this is not, I mean, we touched on DeAndre Hopkins, but that's another aspect of it with a hamstring injury. And that's probably why he's been out for so long uh, because there, you can very easily re-aggravate a hamstring injury. But that is definitely another side to, you know, if he does come back, you know, that's one of those things that is just so easy to re-aggravate. They are so deep at receiver, you can be much more careful with him than you otherwise could with a lot of other players. Um, and that's all due respect to Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray in that situation. We just, you know, analyze that why it's completely different. Uh, their receiving core is still very capable, incredibly deep and robust that even if you have the slightest inkling that that he may not be ready to go, then you sit him again and you take care of business because you've got Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore and, and Christian Kirk and AJ Green. And, and listen, if Kyler Murray plays this week and next week, I still think they're good enough to beat the Rams without DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, again, is that piece for postseason success that's a differentiator. When all the chips are on the table and you're facing Tampa Bay and they've got, you know, just a deep uh, of a receiving core with with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown and Gronk, like that's where you need your Hopkins of the world. But to beat the Detroits and the and the Chicago's, um, I, they can be extra precautious with him. But to answer your question, I, you know, there's always a concern. And I think had the Cardinals not been playing, especially on a short week, the Green Bay Packers nationally televised, Hopkins probably wouldn't have played that week. They probably would have sat him. I'm sure he insisted on playing. He was already playing. Oh, he on, for on, sure insisted on playing. Yeah. He was trying to go back in the game, and they were telling me to I sit know. the heck down. <laughs> so had that been like a Chicago team that they were playing on on this that coming Sunday, he would have definitely sat out, and he probably would have been back by now. But, I mean, you have to live with your decisions, and goodness, he's I still I wonder if he regrets, and, regrets that at all. Like, I wonder if he'll look back and say, you know what, that was like – that was silly, and I'm never going to do something like that again. Probably as he gets into the latter years of his deal and they're trying to manage, you know, injuries that come up when you're in your late 20s. Um, but, no, I think he'll be fine. I agree. I'm not too worried about it at this exact moment. I think if he misses, like, a couple more games, I'd be like, this is more than just a, a tiny little thing. Um, but, I, I mean, in terms of – yeah, in, in terms of like, am I if he returns this week, am I thinking like, oh God, he might re-aggravate that hamstring at any moment? No, uh, no. I just want to see him back, and I don't want to see he or Kyler miss any more games. Like that's that's it. Uh, one more question that we've got. Looking to twenty twenty two, this is from uh, City Co. Looking to 2022, who are we bringing back of the free agents? Connor, Alford, Kirk, McCoy. How does Kime build a dynasty here? We could probably do an entire podcast, and I'm sure there will be many podcasts made uh, in the next few months here uh, heading up to it. But, uh, I mean, do you want to take a, a, a quick crack at it, Johnny? Yeah. Well, I wrote an article during the team's bye week about the impending, you know, free agents that they have, the mounting decisions that that need to be addressed in the offseason because they have so many people not only on one-year deals but expiring contracts. So of that group of players, you mind just throwing that back up on the screen, Cheerson? Sure. Um, so I I think James Conner, his spot track uh, predict prediction in terms of the contract he's going to get is very manageable for the Cardinals, something to the degree of two years, $4 million. 
Whereas if you look at Christian Kirk and his skill set and his age and his usage, his projection is three years, 15 million. I think Connor comes back in lieu of Eno Benjamin, as well as Eno Benjamin and a draft pick. I think that's more than enough next year with all due respect to, to Chase Edmonds. Robert Alford, you can probably parlay this season into another close to vet minimum contract. He's played well, but he's got the injury concerns. I think as long as Vance Joseph is here, I think they want to bring him back next year. And then it becomes difficult. Christian Kirk, I, I do not think we'll be back just given the robust market that he figures to have the salary cap going up. You don't have a salary cap that's, you know, prohibited by a, a ongoing pandemic. And then also, you know, they've got Hopkins, but they've, they've invested in Rondell Moore. AJ Green could come back on another one year flyer. And I, I think Antoine Wesley, I keep saying this, he's going to have an opportunity to play more and more down the stretch. And then also parlay this into a contract next year for basically pennies on the dollar of what you'd have to play Kirk. So um, I do not expect Christian Kirk back. And then lastly, Colt McCoy, uh, I put this in the article. I think he will retire in, in Arizona Cardinal. I think uh, now, again, this is predicate on Cliff Kingsbury remaining here because Cliff and Colt have a great relationship. Colt's 35. I could see him signing like a three-year deal and just staying here with Kyler Murray and being that safety net, being that Drew Stanton to Carson Palmer um, and, and playing, you know, the last years of his, of his football career here in Arizona, I think it'd be a great fit. So I have, I have no doubt Colt's not going to depart. Yeah. I think Colt loves it here and I think it's a great spot for him. So mm -hmm. with the kind of career that he's had kind of a journeyman backup type type of career um, he's on the tail end of his career. I would, I would say that I'm not worried about him going elsewhere. I do think it speaks volumes that we kind of, not forget about, but not as many people are asking questions about when is Chase Edmonds going to return. I think, yeah. you know, James Connor took advantage of the opportunity that he was presented and um, just sort of ran with it. And he's yeah. done a fantastic job. And I do think that a combination of, of him and Eno um, as he progresses um, in his career, I, I would feel plenty confident moving forward with those guys. So if you were to, to have to pick, you know, who's going to be, you know, if you had to pick one of the two out of your current running backs, um, you know, to move forward with, I would say it would be James Conner over Chase Edmonds. I just feel like too, for what you need from a running back, because your quarterback is undersized, you don't have a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen that can get you short yardage easily. I mean, it's just, the, it's the truth of the matter with Kyler Murray. We've seen it each of his first two seasons where they struggled last year so mightily getting and converting on fourth and, and short, right? So I, I get the people who want to say, well, Chase Edmonds is more productive. He's got a higher yards per carry. That's true. But when teams know that you're going to run the ball, can you still push the pile forward? And James right. can do that. And I, again, you look at his, his yards per carry is marginal. It's like 3.8, 3.9. That's why he's not going to get a ton of money. But he can do something that is of value to the Cardinals that may not be of value to other teams. Because their quarterback is undersized, they need a, and I think this is a, this is going to be important to have throughout Kyler's career with with Cliff Kingsbury. You're going to always need a big physical back to help out and and muddy up the waters on short water and sh short yardage to to get you conversions and touchdowns. And I think they've probably found that out now. Um, one other name that he didn't have on that list that I think will be the the biggest priority in the offseason. It's not Chandler Jones. I think Zach Ertz gets extended well before free agency. You don't trade for that guy and get him in, embedded in your culture and he wants to stay here. I think that's a deal that gets done like 
February of next year. And he's, he's back for the next three years. Fans would love to see that. Yeah. I don't know that there's a single guy that I feel like needs to go next year. If money wasn't, you know, and in play here, I would say, just keep everybody. This team's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it sucks that it, that it even exists and is something that can sort of, get in the way of, of building a team and keeping a team together. But I, yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would say there are certain guys that would take precedence over others that I would like to see stay, but I, I hate even thinking about this team, not being this team next year, years to come. It's going to be different. Every team's different. Um, Kime batted damn near a thousand last off season. And so he's going to have to go into March with kind of that same mentality of, who could I bring in on, on one to two year deals, vet minimum deals that can make an impact. And so, you know, we'll do a plethora of free agency shows, previews, this, that, and the other. Yeah, we will. talk about the, the big names, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's that second, third tier wave of free agency that inevitably helps you get to where you want to go. James Conner was signed as an afterthought in early April as everybody was already locked into the draft, right? No one liked the AJ Green signing at the time. You know, it, I just think that we all just kind of need to take a deep breath. I will get caught up in it because I'm addicted to this. And of course, everybody's like, go pay X amount of dollars and bring in a high profile player. But I mean, there's a reason this team's winning right now. And it's in large part to a bunch of one year guys. Yeah. 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 That is unfortunately true. All right. Well, I'm going to go put a heating pad on my back. Try to make it feel a little better. (laughs) How old are you? Are you? I'm telling you, my back is really feeling it today. Don't turn 30. Have you been, cli- have you been like climbing mountains and, and paddle boating and all? I see your Instagram. You're always out venturing off doing something when we're not hanging out. I maybe, haven't done anything, maybe take but a maybe beat. that's the problem. Okay. Maybe I haven't been doing enough. I've just been I don't think couch. that's I don't think oh. that's true. Oh. I look on Instagram and Cheerson's always like in the middle of like a big body of water or like scaling <laughs> something. And I'm like feed my kids applesauce and I'm like oh that looks like fun I wish I could be doing that and then she cut she's breaking down physically we need you ready for the stretch run here cheers and get right oh man I you know I'm gonna do my best that's why I need to get that heating pad going go find it yes <laughs> all right appreciate you guys joining us if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel wherever you get your podcasts please do so and if you're not following us on social media at phnx underscore cardinals Please do that as well. We certainly appreciate it. And thanks for tuning in.